Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, where we are set to continue our exploration into how to best respond to that question, can you pray for me? Whatever faith tradition you belong to, you have probably received that question, can you pray for me? If not a family member, a friend, if, if not a friend, a co-worker, if not a co-worker, someone, right? Can you pray for me? This is a question we have all received. So what I thought we could do is take a closer look at this question. And so what we are doing is breaking down this question into what, well, initially started as 12 keys, but as I took a closer look, really what we're dealing with are uh, 10 keys, 10 keys to best respond to that question, can you pray for me? So what we're looking at are really 10 principles, 10 things we need to be thinking about so as to better respond to that question, can you pray for me? Just not in the actual praying, but also maybe the practical steps we need to be thinking about to make our prayer more effective. So with that, our first key was praying in faith. Faith is primary. How many times does Jesus say in the gospel, your faith has saved you? We talked about the encounter between our Lord and the Roman centurion. That was the one encounter that Jesus said, what? Everyone, are you looking? Are you witnessing the greatness of this man's faith? Right? So faith saves. Uh, Praying in faith is invaluable. Second, we looked at praying in the Spirit. All good prayer comes from the Spirit, right? Romans 8, verses 23, 24, 25 and following, we read about the primacy of the Spirit, that it is the Holy Spirit praying inside of us, that all good prayer starts with the Holy Spirit praying inside of us. So that was another key for us. Third, we took a look at praying on the spot. The need to appreciate the dynamic of time, that all we are given in the end is the present moment. So we take hold of that truth. In the light of being asked that question often, can you pray for me? And we pray with that person and for those people that we are being asked to pray for on the spot, wasting no time. Right? We know not the day nor the hour, so don't waste time. So our time over the past few weeks has been really focused on that principle of time and and time being a gift. Now, for this week and next, what I wanted to do is look at the heart. So our fourth intercessory key is praying from the heart. St. Therese of Lisieux says, for me, prayer is a surge of the heart. A simple look turned toward heaven, a cry of recognition and of love, embracing always both trial and joy. So St. Therese, prayer is a surge of of the heart. In many ways, uh, the key of praying from the heart is my reason for this series, because far too often my response to the question, can you pray for me, was half-hearted. And this bothered me because I was not following through on a promise I made to someone. And out from an examination of conscience, I, I quickly discovered that I was giving my heart to lesser things. Therefore, it was being pulled in more than one direction, namely for me, material wants and desires. 
So as difficult as it was for me to admit, I was like the rich young man, maybe minus the rich, okay, lacking the necessary wholehearted response that Jesus was looking for and continues to look for from you and I. My dear friends, when the rich young man asks Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life, what does Jesus ask of him? He calls him to follow the Ten Commandments, right? And in response to this, the ambitious rich man says, well, I've always done that, right? And Jesus replies, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. To this, the rich young man walked away sad. Why? Because he treasured his possessions. The rich young man's heart was tied to lesser things. Now, before we are overly critical of the rich young man's response, we ought to first ask the question, what do I treasure? And this is the question we put out front and center. Huh? Because as Mark chapter 6, verse 21 reminds us, just a few chapters before we read of this encounter between the rich young man and Jesus, what do we read? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The rich young man's heart was not in it. My heart was not in it. And if our heart is not in it, then our praying for others will go stale and stagnant. More personally, again, my often distracted heart had gone stale. Now, to pray from the heart is to pray from the most interior place of your being, the place where the Holy Spirit, we could say, takes residence. Maybe we can think of it that way, that the Holy Spirit desires to take residence in your heart. The Holy Spirit desires to pitch tent in your heart, making himself very comfortable there, not just a a nomad wandering by or passing through. No. The Holy Spirit desires to pitch tent in your heart. There's a beautiful paragraph that comes to us from the Catechism on the heart. And here, the author of the Catechism uh, is reflecting into uh, sacred scripture. The heart is the dwelling place where I am. The heart is where I live. According to biblical expression, the heart is the place to which I withdraw. So the heart is our hidden center. The heart is the place beyond the grasp of our reason and of others. Only the Spirit of God, my friends, can fathom the human heart and know it fully. The Catechism goes on to say, the heart is the place of decision. Deeper than our psychic drives. I love that. Deeper than our psychic drives. It is the place of truth. It is the place where we choose life or death. It is the place of encounter, because as image of God, we live in relation to other. It is the place of the covenant. Remember how we have talked about the covenant before. Not this is yours and this is mine, but I am yours and you are mine. This kind of mutual exchange of gift, the giving of oneself. It is just not a compact agreement where we exchange things. No, it is a family bond where persons are exchanged, huh? You and me, and I and him. This is the place of covenant, right? All throughout the Old Testament, the heart is caught up in covenant love. You know, the heart has always fascinated me, much like the topic of memory, 
if you have been listening to Seeds of Truth through the years now, you know there are certain topics I love to talk about. Memory is one of them. Another is the heart. In my early 20s, I was also taken up by all subject matter concerning the embryo, and really my, my study of the heart led me to a study on the embryo. I remember while attending the Franciscan University of Steubenville, I had the opportunity to audit a course on embryology, which of course is the study of the embryo, right? And what I learned in that class could fill up many programs on air, but there was one truth that stood out among the many truths that is certainly applicable for our time together this evening, and that is the primacy of the heart, right? The human heart is the first functional organ to develop, right? It begins beating and pumping blood as early as the 21st day, a mere three weeks after fertilization. So before most women even know that they are pregnant, the heart beats. Certainly, among other things, this emphasizes, at least in its biology, the critical nature of the heart in distributing blood through vessels and the vital exchange of what? Nutrients, oxygen, and, and waste both to and from the developing baby. On the spiritual level, the message is loud and clear. The baby is alive, right? What's really interesting, the critical early development of the heart is reflected by this prominent uh, heart bulge that appears on the interior surface of the embryo. I can still hear Dr. Bessler's words today. You know, the heart bulge, he said, is the baby's way of saying, I love you. I love that. I love you. And so as the baby grows in the embryo, in the womb, so does the heart, continuing to show itself as the most important and fascinating organ in the body. And so what is the heart's job? Well, the heart's job is to collect blood from all areas of the body, pump the blood to the lungs where it receives oxygen, collect the oxygen-rich blood from the lungs, and ultimately pump it to all areas of the body, right? That's the function of the heart. That's why the heart is the center. Fascinatingly, it beats over 100,000 times per day, roughly, of course, which means it beats over 35 million times per year, which means it beats over 2.5 billion times in one's life. What's my point here? The heart is the primordial and vital life source of all things concerning our anthropology. Now, let's transpose this into the spiritual life, just a little to get our discussion going, and we're going to continue this discussion next week. The Hebrew and Greek words for heart can be found over 1,000 times in sacred scripture, making it by far and away, by far and away, the most anthropological term used in the Bible. Evidently, we could say what is true in our anthropology, the primary and vital role of the heart, is also true in the spiritual life, right? For the heart, as Proverbs chapter 4.23 reminds us, is the seat of who we are, and everything we do flows to and from the heart. Just as our anthropological heart, the organ, is the center, the life source, so is the metaphysical heart right? The life source of all that we do in the spiritual life. This is why it's so important to reflect upon God's creation, nature, our biology, um, because it always helps us gain insight into how we ought to think spiritually, right? 
And of course, in this case, as we reflect into the heart and what it means to our survival, we can transpose that into the spiritual life, the spiritual heart, and what that means for our survival in the spiritual life. Now, as it relates to specifically praying from the heart, the Bible has many examples of men and women praying from the heart. I am particularly fond of the exchange between Isaiah and King Hezekiah. In 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 to 3, the prophet Isaiah told King Hezekiah he would die, right? And in response to this message, King Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and weeping bitterly prayed, and this is in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 3, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in faithfulness, and a not half heart, but whole heart, and done what is good in thy sight. Interestingly, before Isaiah could even leave the middle court, what happens? God sent him back to King Hezekiah with a second message, which was a response to the king's prayer. Because in the second message, what did God say? God said, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Hmm? God answered Hezekiah's heartfelt prayer. Heartfelt, tear-filled prayer. How? By adding 15 years to his life. In the end, my friends, God wants more than just lip service. As Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, and Matthew chapter 7 and uh, chapter 15 would remind us, right? but a people who seek him with their whole heart. So in our time together next week, we're going to take up this question of what it means to give God our whole heart, that we might say what we mean and mean what we say. And as we do, I think that'll help us better prepare ourselves, better dispose ourselves to offer up better prayer from the heart. Huh? All right, let's close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.